Today's episode of Let's Talk is sponsored by Reform Theological Seminary's online learning program, RTS Global. Stick around to learn more. Welcome to season two of Let's Talk, a podcast for women from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network. My name is Jackie Hill Perry, and I am here uh, with my friends who are also saints, Jasmine Holmes and Melissa Kruger, to talk about how to apply biblical wisdom to everyday life. This season, we're going to be talking about people pleasing, uh, the holiness of God, my goodness, fighting fear and anxiety, and a whole bunch of other topics. Uh, Before we start today, topic however i'm going to let you each introduce yourselves so melissa uh tell us about you um my name is melissa right and i'm married to mike and i have we have three kids um emma john and kate who range in age from 14 to 20 Mm -hmm. so there i've got I've, i've got i graduated one teenager got two teenagers and a college student and i work for the Gospel Coalition and Women's Initiatives. Fancy. That's me. Awesome. What about you, Jasmine? I am Jasmine. Um, I'm married to Philip. We have two boys, Walter Wynn and Ezra mm-hmm. Langston. They are four and almost two. And I am a writer and a teacher and an all around busy person. Hmm. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Jackie, as I've already said. Uh, last name Hill Perry without the hyphen. Uh, I am married to a guy named Preston from Chicago. We have two children, Eden, who's five, Autumn, who is two, and another baby who should be here mm. in three weeks. And so, uh, yeah, I'm doing this very, very, very pregnant. Uh, I, I would love to go into labor at any point during this podcast. <laughs> we'll that, take it to the hospital. I, I mean, that would be... We can help you breathe. Uh, that, that would be amazing. <laughs> To, to just go in now. Anywho, Jasmine, what are we going to talk about today? Today we are going to be talking about our own spiritual heroes. Mm. And I am really excited about this topic because I love to talk about spiritual heroes. I think ever since I was a little girl, when I was, um, I read The Hiding Place when mm. I was 11. And Corey Ten Boom became my all-time spiritual hero, which is common. So how would you define spiritual hero? Like a person who helped you spiritually? Yes. The way that, so the way (laughs) that I related to Corey in particular was her personality resonated with me, which then made her acts of spiritual, like her, her life as a spiritual giant felt more accessible to me because her life story and personality resonated with me. Mm -hmm. So somebody who has done amazing things for Christ somebody who has led um, an exemplary life, but I think also somebody who you relate to Mm. in some kind of way as well. So Corey's like, just the fact that she did all of these, and for anybody who doesn't know who Corey Ten Boom is, woman from the Netherlands during World War II, ended up hiding um, Jewish people in her home and being sent to a concentration, first prison for a long term, then to a concentration camp with her sister, Betsy. Ended up getting out, living a long, fruitful life of ministry, died on her birthday in her 80s. Mm-hmm. And so never got married, never had kids. And I love her story and I loved her because I related to just the constant grappling that she did with faith. Her sister, Betsy, was the 
quote unquote more faithful one, the one who was like thanking God for fleas mm-hmm. in Auschwitz because the fleas let them, you know, the guards were afraid to come into the barracks because they were so dirty. So then the women were able to like worship God and do Bible study. So Betsy's like, thank God for these fleas. And Corey's more like, I just hate the fleas. Mm-hmm. And so I related a lot more to her in the story and yeah just ended up reading a lot of her a lot of her books a lot of her things couldn't get enough of her and she really inspired me in my own walk from a really young age um so first question is who is someone from history who inspires you guys i just read a new biography called becoming elizabeth elliott and i have to say she was kind of the first christian biography i ever read was through the gates of splendor mm-hmm. and I don't think personality-wise, she and I would be alike. But what I really respect about her um, is just her willingness to look at life not for self-fulfillment, but almost for self-death. And she lived it. And so I think she's a much more direct person than I would ever be. But mm-hmm. I kind of res- I like direct people, even though I'm not always one of them. But I kind of respect them. Like she tells it like it is. She comes at you she'll say it and whether you agree with her or you don't Mm -hmm. at least you know where she stands and to me she wrote a lot about womanhood but she was a really tough woman Mm -hmm. i mean she went into the jungle after her husband had been killed and she shared the gospel with the exact people who had killed her husband Mm -hmm. i mean that's so brave Mm -hmm. she took her two-year-old daughter into this tribe who is known for being a pretty murderous tribe. Mm-hmm. And she, she, for the sake of the gospel. And I'm like, wow. You know, it's kind of that. But yet at the same time, what I loved about this biography is it really brought out the real side of her, the angsty side of her, the things she was struggling with. Mm-hmm. I like portrayals of heroes where they're really human. Mm-hmm. And I love that about Corey Ten Boone, too. You she told her her weaknesses and i find that encouraging in the sense of god can use me in spite of my weaknesses mm-hmm. too so the fact that we're all mixed bags rather than no one here's perfect but what i also love about heroes i can look back and say she ran the race mm-hmm. she finished it well you know and she went through a lot of different struggles like elizabeth elliot didn't just lose her first husband she lost her second husband mm-hmm. and then she stayed married to her third husband but then she suffered from dementia later in life and you know you see a whole lot Mm -hmm. and you say okay the goal is not to do these amazing things for god but just to live faithfully and so i love that like cory tim boone didn't she would have just been a watchmaker yep in um holland holland yes i was like amsterdam somewhere Mm -hmm. she would have just been a watchmaker Mm -hmm. but when life came to a head she made the faithful choice to you know as daniel said display strength and take action Mm -hmm. you know she made the godly choice in the life circumstances that were given to her it wasn't something she chased but when life happened she rose because of what god was doing in her to help people i just love that definitely Mm -hmm. i was thinking while y'all were talking because a lot of the people that i consider to be a hero are people i know Mm -hmm. you know um and i've been able to like observe their life up close but the 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 main person that keeps coming to mind honestly is martin luther king Mm -hmm. um and i i wouldn't have said that 
a decade ago. Mm-hmm. I've said it as I've began to investigate him outside of what school taught me mm-hmm. um, and reading his books, reading beyond the, you know, I have a dream speech and paying attention to the things he said and seeing how much his faith and what he knew about God and the scriptures fueled his his zeal of justice and alleviate, allevi- alleviating oppression as much as he could. Because if you imagine this dude's life, he was under immense stress at all times. You know, but he just kept moving because he knew it was the right thing to do. Um, But he was also brilliant. The dude was smart. He got a PhD in his 20s. How can that not be heroic? (laughs) So I just even think when you read his stuff and listen to him speak, you hear someone who is highly, highly educated, Mm -hmm. but also humble enough to work uh, for the least of these. Yeah, I think that also brings up a really good point that like representation matters with heroes. Mm. I, growing up, my heroes were all white evangelical mm-hmm. women. I read Elizabeth Elliot, loved Corey Ten Boom, Mary Slessor, mm-hmm. another missionary, Amy Carmichael, another missionary. Like all of the names that I knew were names of white women who had done incredible things for God. And in that, I kind of grew up thinking that as a black woman who loved God, I was um, an exception Hmm. to the role. Um, And so only now as an adult have I been able to really seek out and find heroes who look like me, heroes who show me that God has been working in the lives of people of every ethnicity, every tribe, tongue, nation across time for millennia Mm. just some of their stories have been lost yep i think that's what's going to be so wonderful about heaven Mm -hmm. there are so many stories we haven't heard Mm. and we'll be recounting let me tell you what was happening here Mm -hmm. that you didn't know was happening Mm -hmm. and actually that's why i'm excited are you willing to share a little bit about what you're working on yeah i'm I'm working on a book about um, black women in christian history whose names i did not know before i started researching them and who i'm really excited to introduce to other people and it's been interesting work because the things about these women are not super accessible. Like a lot of times people will be like, can't you just give me like an Amazon list or can't you just, and I'm like, no, cause it's going to be an $85 rare book mm. or a $250 rare book, or it's going to be read a dissertation and then find something in the footnotes and then go hunt that down somewhere else. So it's, it's been a treasure hunt for sure, because these stories have not been told on a popular, popular level. I think a lot of academics mm-hmm. know the names of these women, mm-hmm. um, and that's great and academics are awesome and I'm grateful for them but bringing them to a more popular level is something that I'm really excited about I'm excited too I mean I I love reading stories and learning from people's lives and I just I I find more and more especially I mean I think the reality for all of us as women is stories are less told Mm -hmm. I mean yeah. It's just the reality. All the presidents are men. Mm-hmm. So they everybody does a biography about a president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just happens. It's not it's not like anyone is necessarily even doing anything malicious. Mm-hmm. It's just hard sometimes to find people who look like you or, you know, whatever, especially in different contexts. I mean, I've never read a history about black women. Mm-hmm. And never. And I'm thinking that might be why I'm I'm lost for words, even when it comes to having spiritual heroes, Mm -hmm. just because there aren't many that I know about or even knew about that whose life looked like mine for me to say, oh, I want to be like that. That isn't to say that someone has to look like me and be like me and act like me to inspire me, because obviously I have a ton of inspiration from different places. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, there is a different kind of motivation you receive when you can read a book uh, with someone that sounds like your grandma. 
<laughs> and say, man, I want to be like that yeah. when I grow up, you know. So I think what Jasmine is creating, obviously, will be very helpful for the Saints. Hopefully. Yeah. Ain't no need, hopefully. It need, will. We need them. We, yeah. I mean, I, I think there can be in our generation a little bit of a, there's no heroes out there. Everybody's equal. Everybody's just messed up or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. I need to be spurred on. I oh, think of yeah. Hebrews 11, when there's this cloud of witnesses mm-hmm. cheering us on in the race, there's something for me looking to what someone else has withstood to say I can I can yeah. withstand too. Yeah. We all need we need them. I in mean our the, day and the, age. the scriptures are filled full of narratives and stories of people who have gone through all types of craziness and still love Jesus mm-hmm. despite mm-hmm. that helps us to endure, you know, to look at even Jesus. Jesus is a spiritual hero. He's our God, he's our savior, he's our Lord, but he's also a hero. <laughs> you know, and yeah. so how do you guys define hero because jackie you know that i'm always thinking for the devil's advocate listeners who are going to be like mlk really <laughs> no when i said well, it i was like somebody know. tuned out of this podcast yep, already yep yep it's like don't you <laughs> unsubscribing know. now xyz about his life even elizabeth <laughs> elliott i read some things about elizabeth elliott and jim elliott where people were like uh actually they're not heroes because xyz abc how do we respond to people who say your hero can't be insert person because whatever sin disqualifies them this is complicated Mm -hmm. and it's complicated because yes you have someone like martin luther king who made statements about the trinity uh and god um while in school that are problematic Mm -hmm. right you have the reality that he was a man who stepped out on his wife you do have those realities and part of me does want to say all of our heroes are broken which is true yet at the same time i'm equally triggered when someone highlights and exalts a jonathan edwards Mm -hmm. whose past is full of you know slavery or, or what did he, he had slaves right he had one yeah he had a slave mm-hmm. and then he like had like a bill of sale on the back of mm-hmm. a sermon mm-hmm. uh outline so there's this tension where it's like yeah yeah heroes really are broken mm-hmm. and is there a standard or is there a line to draw in the sand for what should make one hero worth following and another hero worth denying does right. that make sense well because so, sometimes you do th- learn about things that discount the person's contribution yeah. So I think about George Whitfield and, you know, we look at into the second great awakening and we're like, man, George, dude, there's actually some real evangelical baggage that you yeah. brought into the second great awakening. It wasn't just about people being saved. Mm. And also you made you like petition to make Georgia a slave state when it wasn't a slave state before. And also so then you start I think there's there's two different ways. There's there's the one where it's like, man, I learned this about uh, I learned this thing about this person that doesn't directly impact the contribution that I was grateful for for mm-hmm. and so i can still be grateful for that contribution or you learn things that do impact the contribution that you thought that you were grateful for the people to grapple with because even looking into these women that i've been looking into like they're amazing and then they'll say something that's just you know you're like okay i i see that the society's thoughts about black people impacted you mm. even though you're a black person that's mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. you know or you'll look into somebody's life and you'll see unfaithfulness or you'll look in, you'll look deeper into somebody's life and you'll see unkindness so it is it's one of those it's hard yeah yeah and i also wonder what am i completely 
completely being shaped by my culture mm-hmm. that I'm totally blind to. Yeah. That we'll all look back and they'll be like, oh, they watched reality TV. Can mm. you believe that they watched or whatever mm. it might be? I don't know. You know, I mean, I think there are certain, when I look back in history, people just accepted certain things that wouldn't be acceptable mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And it's hard to even know how to interpret some of those things. But my greater fear is what am I completely blind to today? Right. Um, right. I just wonder, you know, what is culturally so blinding mm-hmm. to me that I'm living in a sinful way that I'm so seeped in my culture, I don't even know how sinful it is because mm-hmm. we just accept it. Which yeah. to me adds another level of complication because is it, I can accept you as a hero if there is evidence of repentance mm-hmm. or evidence of change mm-hmm. in thought. Because I think even when you read Martin Luther King, you see there was a change in thought patterns. Jonathan Edwards, hmm. Yeah, I mean Don't. David, right? Like, yeah, David right. And Bathsheba, okay. hot mess. But he came back and he was like, "Lord, against you and you only have I." Like he Moses, understood. yes, Peter, everybody. <laughs> Melissa, could you um, turn to Hebrews? What is it? Eleven? Is that the cloud? I'm trying to think of some of the names Rahab that are mentioned here. Yeah, oh. Rahab's in there. There's a mess. Um, <laughs> Noah's in there. Yeah, and he was a, dr- well, I mean, a drunkard. Abraham. Abraham gave his wife to the king twice. I mean, <laughs> I'm like Abe, really? <laughs> Two times. Father Abraham. I'm like, I've been reading the Bible through this year, and I'm just like seeing all this stuff jump out. Even I'm like, Abe, Abe. Really? why are we doing this? And then it talks about like Sarah and the way that she treated Hagar was bogus. Awful awful because it was her idea and then she was like mean towards her later mm-hmm. and then moses killed the man yes he did mm-hmm. yeah there's just i'm like i'm just looking Rahab. at these names rahab's in here jacob esau isaac <laughs> yeah jacob jacob i mean he played i mean his Still, brother like, playing his brother yeah, playing his like tricks his blind dad into giving him a blood like that's just cold-blooded and they're they're called the hall of fame of yes. faith yes Hey, Let's Talk listeners. My name is Melissa Kruger, and I'm so excited to share with you about our sponsor for this season, um, Reformed Theological Seminary. I have loved being a part of the community there for the past 20 years with my husband, Mike Kruger. He's the president at RTS Charlotte, and we love getting to be part of all that's going on there. Um, they have a lot of different degree programs. Jackie, you're going to be a student sure in am. the spring. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us anything about the degree programs? Well, you know, RTS offers... Uh, three Masters of Arts degree programs, and they are available 100% online. These degrees are perfect, I think, for anyone uh, who wants to just pursue full-time vocational ministry, interested in PhD work, the real smart people, or enhancing any of their gifts through theological education. And Jasmine, your husband's also at RTS. He is. He's the vice president of communications at RTS, and a cool fact about us is that we met at an RTS-sponsored booth at the Gospel Coalition Conference. So you can find love at RTS? You can find love at RTS and TGC. (laughs) If you would like to join the online degree program, which granted is probably less of a chance to find love there, you can study at your own pace, attend virtual classes, and you have regular interactions with your professors and teachers' assistants. Overall, you can just study in a way that suits you best. And if you want to find out more about the RTS a global degree program, you can go to rts.edu forward slash online.
and it's interesting the way that Hebrews paints them because Hebrews doesn't mention any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like these are the things that you did hmm. that were faithful. These are the things that have stood. Like these are the things. The stuff that melted away is dross. Hmm. That's not here. What's here is hmm. the the gold. The stuff that remained. The stuff that can be attributed only to the presence of the spirit in your life and not to you is the stuff that's left over which mm. is like and that's such a hopeful picture of it's heaven. incredible that, that's why that's what we'll be telling each other yeah. like the gold and the other will be washed yeah fully mm-hmm. and even you know i think about first corinthians where it talks about those stories have been included so we wouldn't set our hearts on evil as they did you know yeah. and that's when it says no temptation has seized you except what's common to man but i do think it's helpful even to look at our, our heroes mm-hmm. so to speak and learn from their failings yeah and say i don't want to be like that that's like true. there's a good lesson and even paul said follow me as much as i'm following christ mm-hmm. or something that's my paraphrase mm-hmm. i think it's in yeah. there somewhere but there's this sense i think with all of our heroes we follow them as they're following christ yeah. but when we see them stepping outside of that you know we we don't say, I don't justify, well, so-and-so thinks this is okay, so therefore I think it right. is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, but I think, I, I do think a lot of these people that I call my heroes, it is their faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking at their faith and what it propels them to do in a world. And that I can seek to emulate. Mm, absolutely. Like following God, clinging to Him, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think with all of them, we're going to have to say there are parts of their life we want to be warned by. Yeah. 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 A hero is not a person who we're giving a wholesale stamp of approval to. I love this person because everything that they did was right and amazing and wonderful. I remember I, um, since you uh, since you added yourself with MLK, uh, Jackie, I will go one <laughs> step further. Okay. Um, I have a Malcolm X poster in my office. And I had a friend who was like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> she was like, why what do you have that heathen man hanging up in your office? But I was just explaining to my friend the reasons why I enjoyed the autobiography of Malcolm X. He's not a spiritual hero at all because we don't even have the same religion. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't appreciate his thoughts, couldn't appreciate his integrity in certain areas, couldn't appreciate things about him. So I do feel like sometimes as believers, we get a little bit too caught up in wanting to have perfect, pristine heroes, but on our own terms. So it is okay for one believer to like Thomas Jefferson because he was a really great thinker mm-hmm. and he was a wordsmith and he was just a fascinating man who had an incredibly interesting life and it's okay for them to overlook certain things about him like Sally Hemings or his other slaves but then it's not okay for another Christian to like MLK because mm-hmm. of the inconsistency inconsistencies in his life so they do think that we tend to pick and choose the things that we accept from heroes based on what we're most comfortable with Mm. and sins that we're able to kind of look over a little bit more easily. Um, But that's just a theory. That's a great theory. That I'm working on. I think it's a right one. Um, But there's more than heroes from history. What are some heroes that you guys have or who are some heroes that you guys have who you actually know in person, someone in your life or in your past who has been a hero to you? Someone I would say has been a hero in my own life was actually um, someone I met in high school. She was a teacher at public school and um, she ran an FCA at my high school and that's really how I heard the gospel. But now what I'll say she's still doing, she still works in public school. And one reason I consider her such a hero is because she is doing things in the public school 
that I think is really changing lives in tremendous ways. No one would know her. Mm -hmm. She's not famous. She's not Christian famous, but she's faithful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I look at her life. She, She runs this whole program for kids, many of whom have no one in their family who's ever gone to college. And a lot of these kids, so, you know, they're in high school and they see no, nothing in the future for education. And so what she does is she has this whole system where she takes a whole group of kids to college visits Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of their parents wouldn't know what to do because they didn't go to college themselves. So they don't know where to take them, but you have to earn the trip. And the way she gets you to earn the trip is by doing your homework, coming to class every day, not skipping. You know, she has this whole system worked out. So one of the kids in the program had a 0.7 GPA just by doing the program and getting his homework done. He went up to a 3.2. He had no college aspirations, got a scholarship to college. You know, and some of it is just creating a vision that you can do this and you can Mm. go. And so when she tells me the stories, I'm like, you're my hero because you're doing it quietly. You're doing it within the system that you're in. You're not saying public schools have to change. We have to do this. She just, she's working within the system she has and she's making a difference. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a hero. It's like Corey Tim Moon was in the system she was in. Mm -hmm. It wasn't right. It wasn't good. And she rose in that moment Hmm. to do what needed to be done. So sometimes I think we think we have to change everything before we can do anything. And for me, a hero is someone who says, I'm here in this moment and I'm going to do what's right. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I think I figured it out. So it's not an individual per se, but so I have two friends uh, and both of their grandmothers are super similar and I don't even know their grandmothers, but I'm inspired by them. Um, And I say that because they both talk about how their grandmothers were the most faithful people that they knew Mm -hmm. and how um, growing up obviously in a a Jim Crow South and not having the same access to education uh, in the same way or the same freedoms and privileges, but how they were still very literate and uh, what's the word, were able to handle the scriptures um, without even being taught the scriptures, just really dependent on the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. for context and for interpretation. But even what they read was true to them in every single way and how they prayed all the time and how there was always a scripture on their tongue and how they always wanted their children to follow in the way of Jesus and how they trusted Jesus to be everything that Jesus promised and how they lived this life until they died, 70s, 80s. I guess anytime I hear a story about a saint being faithful in the day-to-day that extends into the end of their days, it makes me feel like that's what I want to be. Like, I don't want to be this person who just has all these, like, you know, books and clever phrases. I just just want my children Mm -hmm. and my grandchildren Mm -hmm. to be able to say, I know Jesus because I watched my grandmother mm-hmm. and she loved him until the day that she left. Mm-hmm. To me, those are the heroes that like exemplify everything that I want to be. I love mm-hmm. that. So. And there's that integrity. Yeah. Like they're they're who they are, not because they're up in front of ten thousand people, but they're in the closet praying. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's that's a hero. I mean, like you can't always see that mm-hmm. because you don't know because they don't talk about mm-hmm. themselves. And it's simple, but it's powerful. Even when I think about my aunt, who I think was a, a super important figure as to like the reason I know Jesus. Like I would walk past her room. I'm sure I said this before, and she would be singing the Psalms mm-hmm. to herself. Mm-hmm. She She's not trying to impress nobody. Mm -hmm. Twitter wasn't no thing. She ain't had no Instagram. Like, look at me singing Psalm 27. (laughs) Like she, (laughs) and she was singing it back 
to God. Yeah. Those simple, just worshipful acts of faithfulness are the things that stick with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think about Philip's grandmother. Um, I don't have a super close relationship with either one of my grandmothers, but Philip loves 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 lydia may jones oh my i goodness. love her name she sounds oh like she can my cook goodness and she can and mm. raised so many children mm. and grew up sharecropping and all of her kids went to college and have had really successful lives i mean she just is a hard working wonderful woman without whom my husband would not be who he is mm. today and he's a fantastic mother fantastic aunt. i mean it's it's so interesting because i grew up in an intact upper middle class family mm-hmm. and i have a great dad i have a great mom i just i'm really blessed but when i looked at when i would have looked at all of the ingredients to my husband's household i may have thought like oh that's subpar like mm-hmm. is he gonna be okay he's gonna make it out all right very matriarchal family mm-hmm. you know and they just surround each other with so much love and so much support and one of the major reasons like anytime anybody asks us are y'all ever gonna move out of mississippi we can't like we have too much family we have too much support and that the kind of woman like i want to be the kind of woman who is like a magnet Hmm. to her family because she's such a support structure Hmm. and that really is how philip's family from his grandmother on down has always been Hmm. which is something that i admire as someone who had a really intact nuclear family like the mom dad you know but as far as extended family goes didn't have that huge communal family structure so i love that the women in his family have been able to craft that and that's something that's really grown more important to me through knowing them i love that hero family heroes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that the way you say it familiar mm-hmm. familial? familial that's the better word familial here i'm trying girl. Hey, girl i'm next to these teachers you know <laughs> trying to pull out my th- thesaurus uh is there a common denominator in the people who've shaped your lives like when you think about the things that stand out to you as heroes I think for me when I started working on the book um, about the black women 80% of them ended up being teachers Mm, interesting Hmm. I kind of felt and like Bible <laughs> teachers or just teachers, teachers in general, like teachers huh. in general. And most of them were both mm-hmm. um, like missionaries who came back home and became teachers or teachers who were sent by the American Missionary Association to be teachers or like Mariah Fearing mm-hmm. was a teacher in the Congo. Mm-hmm. So like it's but a, a lot of them are, are teachers, which I don't think is a coincidence. And mm. that's just the kind of person that I um, gravitate towards. I mean, even Corey Ten Boom had an element of like Sunday school teaching, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's just that element in the people. People that I that I gravitate towards. I think I gravitate towards uh, resolve. Like when you see people who are committed to loving Jesus, no matter how difficult it gets, mm-hmm. and that might be because. I see following Jesus really as a, a le- legitimate cross to bear. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is hard to to just keep going, you know. And I think as the culture progresses and degenerates, <laughs> that it's going to be continually harder to not only stay faithful um, privately, but to communicate faithfulness yeah. and to exhort people to be faithful and obedient to Jesus. And so the, I think that's what I connect with is when I see people just unwilling to waver. It's just like... Like, no, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a be with him. You can, you can throw me in the lion's den. You can throw me uh, in the fire, but we're not gonna bow down to you, sir. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that gets me going every time. Yeah, I, for me, I think it's that. It's they suffered mm. and yet they stood firm. Mm-hmm. There's something about watching someone who's walking through the fire and saying Jesus is enough. The waves are not going to overcome. The mm-hmm. fire will not burn. And seeing it lived out, and you say, Oh wow, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want 
to be, you know, I think of Johnny Erickson Tata. You oh, yeah. Just, mm-hmm. a, a, and yet she was so real. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly she w- didn't want to be paralyzed mm-hmm. at age 17 and spend her life, you know, as a quadriplegic. But she has lived a life saying, my goal is to honor and glorify God mm-hmm. in what he's given me. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think there are certain lessons um, that we learn best from people who have suffered mm-hmm. because we're, we, we know it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, oh, yeah, I'm saying Jesus is great. Right. and all this stuff yeah it's coming from a depth of experience mm-hmm. That I can just listen to and say, Jesus, make me more like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel so soft <laughs> and so weak. Mm. And the one good thing, I think that I look at them and I think they would all say, I was soft and weak too. Mm-hmm. He was strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's hopeful to me. Yeah, because I, I think I'm sure what's consistent in all of the people uh, that we would call he- heroes is their, not even necessarily knowledge of scripture, but commitment to scripture. Yeah. You know, because uh, what else will keep anybody? going or have a resolve or a desire to go out and teach um, and serve in in a variety of ways if it isn't what I know about God via the scriptures that he's provided for me. I I think that's a, I don't think you can separate the two, you know? And so maybe that's another thing that like uh, connects me with them. It's like, oh, y'all were in y'all Bible. Yes. Yeah. You you were there. You you weren't just looking at these little devotionals for 17 seconds and calling it a day. I was showing Melissa, um, Sarah G. Stanley's letters last night. She was a teacher sent by the American Missionary Association right after the Civil War ended. And there's not even any pictures of this woman. Nobody mm-hmm. knows, you know, what she looked like. But her level of conviction of like, I truly believe that God has called me to this hard place. And not only will it be good for the people who I'm ministering to, but it'll be good for me because I'll grow mm-hmm. by being challenged and I'll grow by being in it. And it's so different from the success driven ways that we normally look at Christianity that we've sometimes been taught to look at Christianity through um, certain influencers of like, come over here so that you can have my curated life and it'll be wonderful. And, <laughs> you know, this woman was like, actually, I'm a black woman in the North who's literally going to go mm. to the war-torn South to mm. be a teacher and it's going to be really dangerous and I hope that I learn a lot. Mm. And that is an attitude that I don't know that I would have been able to have. I, I hope that I would have been able to have, mm. but goodness, just being, yeah, being open to God's call, even in hard things. Yeah, That's good because what I love about that, she was kind of doing this missionary work, mm-hmm. but she viewed what it would do to change her. Yes. She was humble. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a key ingredient too. Yeah. So just a real humility that the work I'm going to do, yes, she was hopeful that mm-hmm. it would save lives and that people would come to the Lord through the work she was doing, but she also recognized it would save her life in mm-hmm. a way, like that she mm-hmm. would be changed by the work she was doing, yeah. not just, I'm coming in as the hero. She right. didn't view herself as a hero. No, she viewed herself as someone who needed to be changed by the gospel that she was giving to people. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful... Yeah. Sounds amazing. like we're describing people that just live like Jesus. Yeah, look like Jesus. <laughs> the more you look like Jesus, the more you're one of our spiritual heroes. Hello. Yes. All right. So every week on Let's Talk Before We Go, we talk about one of our favorite things. This week, I want to know... What is your favorite genre of movie? Probably but, documentary or historical drama, honestly. I thought you were going to, I was going to be like horror. It's horror film, right? No. Nah. <laughs> 
I used to I used to love uh, scary movies until um, I got older and they started to scare me differently. Mm. And I said to myself, why am I doing this? Like, what, what value is there for me to go home and want all the lights on and now my bill is high? That, that's just, <laughs> that don't make sense. Um, but yeah, I just enjoy learning. And so I think any, any documentary or movie that offers like some history and not even history like, you know, 1600s. Mm-hmm. It could be like me and Melissa were talking about earlier, the documentary on Netflix about the Challenger. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. That's enjoyable for me um, to just find out about stuff that's done well. Yes. If it's raggedy, I don't, yes. don't want to watch it. That's my exact same month. So that's why I was like, man. I'm sorry. Mine. Mine's definitely historical, though. I love watching something that tells me something I didn't know, mm-hmm. like Apollo 13. I loved mm-hmm. that movie because I'm like, oh, my goodness. That's how did these movie. guys make it home? Or October Sky. But I also love Hidden Figures. Oh, I love October mm-hmm. Sky. Because you know, when you're watching Hidden Figures, it brings this image of you couldn't use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You had to walk like a mile to go to the bathroom. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it helps you experience it in a different way or Schindler's List. Yeah. Like when, you know, it's black and white. I don't know if you've seen it in the little girl in the pink. We had to in high school. Yeah, you know, in the pink dress. That's the only color. Oh, the red coat? Yes, the red coat. Yeah. Or, you know, and it just, it makes you feel history mm-hmm. in a way that a textbook can't. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a huge fi- fan of historical. What are you going to say? History teacher. I going to say Hamilton. <laughs> Here I go. Um... <laughs> I like romantic comedies, <laughs> rom-coms, like historical romance, anything that's like I love you, I've always loved you. I'm like, yes. So notebookish. Yep. Or that's Jane Austen. Yep. I don't like I haven't seen notebook in years, but like um yeah, the new little women mm-hmm. that just came out totally Pride and Prejudice, Mr. Darcy Walker. Which one do you field. like best? Which which I one? I like the new one better. And here's my justification, because everybody who's ever disagreed with me has never read the book before watching the movies. And I did. The BBC version? I read the book first. I don't know. So my opinion about. gets to be right because I read the book first. Okay. I don't know what to say. But I do like the BBC version. But yeah, like uh, Emma, all those, yeah. like, they're great. Just, yeah, the cornier, the better. One of my ninth graders is like, Mrs. Holmes, I'm so glad that you recommended The Faults in Our Stars. I cried so hard. <laughs> it's just like, why am I doing this You're to children? So precious. <laughs> it's so bad, but that's what. I like. Sorry. It's okay. God made us all different. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk. On our next episode, we'll be talking about the holiness of God. Uh, We hope you'll listen and subscribe through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. You can check out other shows from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network at tgc.org forward slash podcast. The Gospel Coalition supports the church in making disciples of all nations by providing resources that are are trusted and timely, winsome and wise, and centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. 